Harry Potter is enrolled in a photography class to learn how to take better dick pics, and his professor is Draco Malfoy? Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth are directing a Titanic exhibit, and Jon Snow is the security guard? Tony Stark is producing a dating show on a tropical island, and all the Avengers are the contestants? There is no way stories like this exist. And there is no way three best friends would read them and put their reactions out for the world to hear. I mean, no one would do that, right? Guys? I'm Allie Lefevre. I'm Lindsay Rush. I'm Danny Chapman. And, and this is Fangasm. The following podcast is rated H for horny. It contains adult themes, sexually explicit content, strong language, and characters we don't own. As our Valentine's Day gift to you, we are so excited because last year we recorded a two-part quickie for Valentine's Day, um, and we are going to make it available on our Patreon um, to everybody for the month of February. So we'll have the link posted. Go check it out. It is a lot of fun. Silly goose. Lucius has a southern drawl. So happy Valentine's Day. Welcome back to Fangasm. I'm Lindsay. I'm Allie. I'm Danny. And this is episode three, season 27. In the year of our Lord, 2020 horror. Jeremy Ellen White. <laughs> the year of our Lord, Jeremy Ellen White. <laughs> Doesn't matter because we forgot because we were looking at his underpants. Yeah. Allie, I have a little gift for you. It's, I have a little ditty, if you will. It's for Allie, not me? Oh my gosh, I'm honored. No, it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Born ready. You're a French ne'er-do-well. You couldn't say Je m'appelle, your teacher couldn't handle your accent, so you're stuck speaking nasal, only hints of French phrasals. <laughs> you're only gonna have a cigarette to vent, la 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 la, French school dropout. <laughs> 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 no class this week for me. <laughs> uh, if you remember the last episode, Allie hit her only foe that she's ever not been able to conquer, and that was her French teacher. And uh, I asked if she has rescheduled her class, and she said no. So I had I had French school drop out on the brain. Uh, you, I love that you asked me if I took another class so that it would tee up the song. Because if I had taken another class, then you're like, oh, well, this is a waste. Then I would have called your teacher and said, hi, can you cancel on her permanently so that I can sing this award-winning, Grammy-nominated, but not winning record of the year. Danny, when you first launched into that song, I thought you were singing it to the tune of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Who knows if I was or wasn't? I, had no idea I don't know. I don't know if any of that song was in key because I don't. Because <laughs> you don't believe in it, you do not believe in keys. Whole time I was trying to figure out what song it was, and until you said French school dropout, I didn't know. <laughs> I knew it. La la la. <laughs> okay. Well, but it was beautiful. I know my gifts. Yeah. Danny, that was gorgeous. Thank you. I feel better. It's beautiful. Screw her. And Lindsay, here's a song for you. <laughs> yeah. Here's a song for you. Hit it. <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. Allie, what's five, six, seven, eight in French? Uh, sink. Cat, sink, sink. 
la 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 yeah that's it <laughs> i feel like this would also work with cia dropout since we thought that sydney CIA had formal dropout. cia training that she did not become a spy after all yeah aspire a chef Hmm. Hmm. I love that clip. Jim Appel. It's good for poisoning people. You know, (laughs) you can really hide stuff. That's true. The secret sauce. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of a secret spice. Yeah, the cue is like, here is your spatula. It detaches, you know, (laughs) and there's a poison dart in it. (laughs) I mean, Ratatouille was sort of a spy. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, sort of. Sort of. He was a spy and inspired. Yes, Jeff. Yeah. So, so this, this episode is coming out the day before Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Happy early Valentine's to you, my Galentines. Wait, that means it's coming out on my 15-year anniversary. Uh, did you ever find the sign? Allie, did the schoolyard sign? No. No one ever got back to me on it. Uh, I had so many local friends say they were going to try, and then I had one really promising lead, and nothing. It yielded mm. no results. You know what? I'm going to put an ask out on this podcast. Let's do it. I met my husband, Matt, at the schoolyard bar in Chicago. It used to be on Southport in um, Lakeview. Just officially, officially closed down. And they pulled off the big sign from the building, and it was outside. And I saw a post a couple hours after they had, like, dismantled the sign that someone bought it. Bought it off of the workers that were kind of breaking down the, the outside of the building. And... I want that freaking sign so badly. And so if anyone knows who owns it, um, who has it in their midst, I'll pay good money for it. So yeah, listeners, friends. I'll pay good money to see Allie rip it out of somebody's hands. I will do a wrestling match for it. Like at a wedding, yeah, at a wedding dress, you know, rundown, just ripping it. We can do like the game that you put together for my 35th birthday, Danny. We should make the person who has the sign compete against me because our team dominated. So I saw your vicious side come out. Yeah, I feel like we'll do pretty good. But Allie, so one, yes, we have to find it. But two, it's enormous. What are your plans? On the patio? In the backyard? Mm, patio. I've talked about the patio, but I think it'll really ruin my vibe in the garden. So um, a basement. It's like basement vibe. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Got it. She'll just buy a new house. Like, it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> its own house. You were like, I want that side so badly. And I was like, where? I was picturing your, like, gorgeous home with, like, all this, like, intricate decor. And then it's this, like, it's huge, this sign. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like my eyes are bigger than my stomach on this one. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. So I thought it'd be, oh, I was like, hoping someone would slide into my DMs and say they had it and then I could surprise Matt for a 15-year anniversary with a freaking sign, but, you know, no such luck. Yet. Well, one of our millions of listeners must know where this sign is. Let us know. Please. Email us at hi at fangasmbotcast.com with the subject line, I saw the sign. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do to celebrate 15? Wait, it's 15 years? 15 years. Is that what you said, 15? I thought you said 30. Holy smokes. 15 years. I know. It's crazy. Um, We are going to Charleston. We're going to go uh, take a little trip. It's our first trip solo without Farah since we had her and a little anxious about it. But I'm yeah. I'm so, I'm just, yeah, I'm just anxious because, you know, of course, like leaving her for the first time is, is so strange. But she's in good hands and I'm excited to go to Charleston. I went there for my bachelorette party. It was just really like a girl's trip. All my high school friends, we travel somewhere every year together. And so we had turned it into my bachelorette party. So I'm excited to go back. Sober, <laughs> so I can appreciate the city in all its in all its beauty. But um, yeah, it'll be great. It'll be fun. We're just gonna do two days, so nothing too crazy. Quick and dirty. Who's staying with the baby? Uh, her nanny, Anya. Yeah, Anya's. Yeah, it's perfect. 
What's happening in the Sanders House of Love for Valentine's Day? You guys, we are the least, especially, I mean, just in general, but especially compared to YouTube, we are so not holiday sentimental people. I mean, I don't think we're going to, well, maybe like cook a nice meal. I went to our friend Kate's show last night, Kate Kennedy, for her podcast and book tour. Mm -hmm. It was at Zany's in Nashville. And that I had took a little gummy. And when I got home, I told Caleb what I wanted for Valentine's Day was for him to make a list of everything he likes about me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And put it in a like, song. I don't get any I was, songs. I was just like, you know, I was like, I don't even know what you like about me. And I was like, I know you love me, but I want... It's been a while since you've been like, I like, and he goes, how long does the list have to be? <laughs> you, can't, you can't demand those things. I just asked. I didn't demand it. I just said, I, would you make me a list? I asked firmly. <laughs> High as a kite. Wait, I want to know three things. If he didn't ask how long the list was, how long do you think the list would be? Mm, good question. If I just said, will you make me a list? That's what I want like in my card for Valentine's Day as my gift. <laughs> I think it'd be like 10. I think 10 too. I think it'd be modest. I think it'd be like 10. He's not going to like underdo it, but he's not going to like spend hours. He should do a top 10 and reveal it like David Letterman used to do his. Yeah. That's right. And the number one reason I like Lindsay, you know, just like really it's a lot of fanfare. How long did you tell him to make the list? I didn't. I was. I got mad when he asked how long it was. He's like <laughs> nine. I was like, well, forget it. She's already emotionally punishing him for the gift that yeah. she hasn't gotten yet. <laughs> Not real mad, but I was just like, I can't believe that was your first question. How about like, oh, I could write for, you know, but he doesn't, it's, you know, for me, I'm a writer. So I'm going to like, I could write all of you guys long, long lists of everything I like about you. Well, we, where's our list? We've never gotten a list. Yeah, that's true. You've known me and Danny longer than Caleb. <laughs> I have a business with you, Lindsay. I haven't gotten a fucking list for one Valentine's Day. She's going to tag you in the list on Google's docs. <laughs> I'm going to have... Caleb, make a list of what he likes that I like about you. There you go. That's it. You guys, on our first Valentine's Day when we were still dating long distance, we like got on Zoom and we like got dressed up and like he wore a suit and I was in a dress and we were like having like a date because we were like meeting up the next weekend or something. And he also had a top hat on, the same top hat he wore at the New Year's Eve party where he tried to dance with me for the first time. And he still like had, turned to- Still had a top hat? He still had a costume box, which is what I- Fell in love with. Love about him. But it, behind him in the kitchen, he pulls out this big um, whiteboard- and it said Lindsay and Rush. And you guys, I was like, if he is proposing to me on Zoom, <laughs> like my heart just dropped. It was like, it was like not even, not even a year that we'd been together. And I just, I just said something about seeing my full name. That's like what you, you're like, it was like Lindsay and Rush. And then I it just said like, I love you or something. But I like, my heart dropped. And I was like, if he's proposing long distance on Zoom. Anyway, when you said David Letterman, I pictured him in a suit and top hat revealing it. A little poll pops up. Yes, no, maybe. Other. Or like, you know how Zoom sort of has the AI features that can like little hearts or little thumbs up? Like he's like thumbs up or thumbs down. Fireworks. Not that that, if you guys did a digital proposal, there's nothing wrong. I don't mean to imply that there's anything wrong with it. It was just really early and really out of the blue. You would have hated a digital proposal though. I would have hated yeah. it. I just yeah. mean for listeners, there are lots of people that that would be great. Look, if you want to skywrite a proposal, that's for you, not for me. Yeah, I was going to say, what airplane have you chartered to skywrite Happy Valentine's Day to Marco? <laughs> well, I've learned a I learned a very valuable lesson last year, which was 
Marco and I had a deal that we were going to celebrate Valentine's Day on like the 15th. So on the 14th, I did nothing. And I think I think I shared this. I oh. came home and he had like a cheesecake bouquet and Val. We we're going to celebrate Val or Valentine's Day, Fish's birthday. And anyway, <laughs> so I learned that like the day is important. We are going to celebrate on the day where um, I have a little surprise craft for us. And then my mom started a tradition of shipping us these like really large mailing tubes full of candy and treats. So I made that for my family and I made him a special one. Cute. So that's what we're doing. We're keeping it eat. We're like making pizza and, and doing little little things like that. Anyway, was my reminder, you know, when I like walked in without flowers because I'm like, <laughs> oh, flowers are expensive that day. And we decided that we weren't going to do it. And oh. I was like, they're not that much more expensive that day. And we always should do it. So I am ready to go. Yeah, I remember you, you were in hot water last year. Yeah. Thank you for remembering <laughs> as well. <laughs> we never forget. Never forget the catastrophe of Valentine's Day 2023. Lindsay, remember the year we we were in Whole Foods on Valentine's Day and we counted how many men came down the escalator holding bouquets? Holding just like a dozen red roses. Between their like legs. Vacant, with vacancy. That's a thousand. There's so many. Oh, right. That escalator right by them. We were sitting at the bottom of the escalator just counting and cracking up going, oh my God, there's oh two my more. Gosh. There's three just more. Just the panic. Yeah. I, I lived the Valentine's Day massacre of 2023. So. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Whole Foods, my segue was going to be speaking of hot water. There's some stuff happening in the kitchen. Before you go there, but it is food related, I'll have posted our Valentine's Day cookbook, which um, is a lot of different pasta bakes. So thank you to everybody that submitted ideas. We had Rachel, Nat, um, Amanda, Hannah. So thank you guys for sending those in. And this is your final call to go to Whole Foods and get your flowers while you can. Hot water, blow down. Hot water. Whole foods, holes that need to be filled. Holes did get filled last episode mm-hmm. on our blowdown. There was morning sex. There was a demi-glace inside of someone. Carmi and Sid were getting hot and steamy. And then really the old, like that was a, a whole girth of the episode was sex. And then they got in, not an unmarked van, a refrigerated van, right? With ghee? With a bunch of their food. With ghee. Yeah. They went to the market and they got some advice from Guy. Yeah, that's right. Shit yes. wherever you want, he said. Yeah. He <laughs> said, yeah. take a dump in the kitchen with your lover. <laughs> <laughs> See if I effing care. Yeah. So really they were just like getting ready to prepare the big restaurant takeover. Are they taking it over for a week? Do we remember? I think it's just two days. Okay. That's what I saw on the restaurant Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> when I made my reservation there, it was just for 48 hours only. <laughs> The only feedback that we get is like, hey, you talk too much during the sex scenes. So during last week, I don't know if you guys felt that, but I was just like, let's just appreciate the dickin', you know, right now. Like, let that simmer mm. and don't turn off the stove. Yep. We need it to boil. Yes. So I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I was very proud of. And that's our Valentine's gift to you <laughs> because this episode. If you can't tell by this 35-minute intro about our personal love lives. We're talking. We're chatting. <laughs> we're snacking. We're eating for three. I don't know. It is my turn to read. Mm-hmm. My, my, my. Your MVP. I am. Serve it up. I mean, let's do it, right? Let's do it. The restaurant was filled with light and open space, like a rustic house in the country, but in the middle of the busy shopping district of the Marais. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Its open kitchen was just that, very, very open, like Sydney's legs, (laughs) for Carmi only. I added that. 
The expo was directly facing the dining area, so Carmi and Sid were essentially working in front of the guests, almost like actors on a stage before an audience. Almost like the like it's the real bear. Yeah. Well, the old bear, like when it was Italian beef mm-hmm. and the counter service. Or like the TV show where they're actually actors Yeah, that's more what kitchen. I meant, yeah. Oh, I was like, the kitchen is, is not open anymore to the, got it. Yes, I see. Sid had worked in Michelin-starred restaurants before, but her time at the Beef and the Bear had made her accustomed to kitchens where chefs yelled, fuck me in the ass, if they had to refire a dish, and certain regular customers were greeted with an affectionate slap to the balls. That wouldn't fly here. How are you feeling, Carmi asked, 15 minutes to open. They were standing at the expo looking out at the empty room. I feel like I'm back at one of my old spots, Sid said, except instead of being in the corner plucking pin bones out of sea bream, I'm up here, fucking strange. Carmi met her gaze. It's still just a kitchen, Sid. She straightened the collar of his chef whites and nodded. I know. And before she knew it, they were in the shit. But this shit was different from the shit at the bear. The restaurant's open layout meant that during service, a hush fell over the kitchen. Chefs communicated through whispers, and if a pan made the slightest sound as it scraped the oven, the culprit looked helplessly around the kitchen, ashen-faced with apology. They sent dish after dish through the pass, with Sid adding last-minute touches and directing ticket traffic. Carmi walked through the kitchen, helping certain stations when needed and keeping an eye on the timing and speed. In short, it was almost like any other evening for them. At one point when Carmi was at the expo, helping Sid with the placement of a fan of arugula while she poured a base of sauce, a fangasm of arugula, if you will, Mm. a flash from a camera momentarily distracted her. It came from an official-looking photographer, a cock critiquer, perhaps. (laughs) You better watch out. Carmi's about to be in the next uh, publication. (laughs) Troll. Just if you could get that sausage turned a little this way. Let me get the right. Let me get that right angle of those. You guys, what was the rating system? What was like the best? It was a troll, a T for troll, all T for the way troll, through. But what was the best one? I think it was an O for outstanding. Oh, okay. From an official-looking photographer who disappeared as quickly as he had appeared. Just keep going, Carmi whispered. So she did with flu powder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in the spaghetti. <laughs> I'm picturing that old meme of Salt Bay. <laughs> the flugetti. It's flu. After too many evenings of being terrorized by the ticket machine at the bear, Sid had developed a survival technique in which she forced herself to focus on one thing at a time. It seemed idiotically simple, but it helped. For one second, sometimes two, her sole task was to sprinkle pine nuts on a dish or call that one ticket or check the cook on that beef. This kept her from trying to do all three at once. Okay, I'm so sorry. When she's like, I developed a survival technique, like she was in the fucking CIA. I mean, this that CIA behavior— they're, like, training her to cook, like, in, like, a bucket of ice water, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, like, you know, they're, like, taking photos of her just as quickly as she can. Getting waterboarded as she sprinkles spices yeah. on her. I was going to say, <laughs> she's hanging from a pipe with handcuffs trying to, like, stir, stir spaghetti with her foot. She's getting tased as she stirs. <laughs> they're like, who do you know? Who, who hired you? And she's just, like, cutting beef. The shallots are at the top of that wall. First chef to get them. <laughs> I'll make a chef out of you. <laughs> Be a chef. You must be quick as, as a CIA agent. <laughs> also, I love how her technique is just give attention to one thing at a time. This very proprietary. She's like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she got through nights like this one. Eventually, the last ticket came in and she looked up to see the dining room emptier, the atmosphere in the kitchen lighter. Did we fucking do it? Sid asked Carmi when he joined her at the expo. We fucking did it. And no one died, she asked. No one died, he said. 
After closing cleanup, menu prep, and small talk with the owners, Guy called Carmi and said a cab, even though the apartment wasn't that far of a walk. They were both too tired to object. MVP, Carmi asked. They were leaning against each other in the cab's back seat, exhausted, depleted, and yes, smelling of Limburger. Ooh. Not hungry, said said. I just want to crash. Same, said Carmi. Besides, you were so clearly the MVP. Carm, I love you, but shut the fuck up. We only got invited in the first place because you know Guy and because you are the Carmen Berzato. Carmi straightened to look at Sid. No, you shut the fuck up. This menu is basically all the crazy genius shit you've come up with these past few months. The same crazy genius shit that consistently gets us the most press and buzz back home. That is what got us invited here. So again, with all due respect, shut the fuck up, MVP. Sid laughed. Fine. To quote my man, Ibra, I accept. She yawned and made his chest a makeshift pillow. Since I'm too tired for dinner, I will let you carry me up all six flights of stairs. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck, he said. I forgot about the stairs. Should I add that to my list of what I want Caleb to do for me? Make me a list and then read it to me as you carry me upstairs. We don't even have stairs in our house. <laughs> Every step is a thing you love about me. <laughs> Find stairs. You should go to a hotel and ask to just take like the back entrance in and just climb like as many flights as you can. This is all sounding really romantic. What does Caleb want for Valentine's Day? Lindsay, what if he says, what I want is to not have to make the list? How do you come to an agreement there? (sighs) I feel like there's some old ancient tale where that, like, no, it's, it's, I always bring this up. The snake eats itself. It's the gift of the magi. You guys know that tale? Yeah. She cuts and sells her. Only because you tell me about it a lot. Because I tell you about it all the time. (laughs) Why did this stick with me? Anyway. Well, tell the listeners about the gift of the magi. Okay. I'm sure I have this duo. I think they're a husband and wife. They like want to buy each other something nice for the holidays, for Christmas, I think, and they don't have money. So she cuts and sells off her long, beautiful hair to buy him something. Oh man, I don't know the other half of it, but I know that what he buys her is a comb, but he sells whatever it is she was getting him. And then how does it end? They're just like, oh, we have love. She, lo- she looks like weird Barbie with like just like terrible chunks of hair out of her head. <laughs> She's weird Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here it is. A man sells his beloved watch to buy his wife combs for her beautiful hair, only to find out that she sold her hair to buy him a watch chain. <laughs> so she took that one watch chain and used it like a ponytail and they kissed <laughs> and had hot sex. Is that how it ends? And he read her his list of her favorite things but he had to cross <laughs> off her hair because she didn't have it anymore. <laughs> The gift of the Sanders. Okay. Carmi followed the rules of MVP, and once they arrived, he tossed Sid over his shoulder in a fireman's lift and hauled her up to the sixth floor. (gasps) No, he did not. Despite her protest that she was going to give him a hernia. Sid, don't ruin it. So he he didn't need that cab. If he could carry her up six flights of stairs, he definitely could have done that short walk home. Yeah, he was phoning in the walk, for sure. We've seen his body. We've seen his quads. He can do it. Okay, we're here, Sid said, still laughing. You can put me down now. But he didn't put her down until he carried her across the threshold. God, I feel like a bride, Sid said. A bride that stinks of Limburger. Okay, I don't know if everyone here just is taking for granted Limburger like the CIA, but it's a type of cheese. So if you're thinking like, what type of cheeseburger is a Limburger? It's not. It's just the cheese. Isn't Limburger like really stinky too? Apparently. One of those stanky cheeses. I think it was covered at the last episode they talked about Limburger. She had a story about it. I still just assumed it was a cheeseburger. <laughs> a Lindsberger. It's me. The stinkiest of them all. <laughs> yeah. You know me. I love that. I love those jokes. 
I will say since having a baby, you just sort of have to get used to laughing about that kind of stuff. Fine. <laughs> la, 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 la. Sid awoke the next morning to a recent text from her dad. Did you and Carmi get married over there? <gasps> Zoom proposal. Sid thought she was hallucinating, but another text followed, this time with a link to an article which she promptly opened. It was apparently a review written for a French food and culture website. Sid ran it through Google Translate, preparing herself for the worse. The translated headline read, not to be missed, inventive, playful cuisine from Chicago, two nights only in the Marais. Sid's shoulders sag in relief (laughs) by selling seashells by the seashore. (laughs) She scrolled down to a candid photo of her and Carmi at the expo, plating a dish together as their eyes met, both of them wearing slight smiles. The caption below, husband and wife duo Carmen Berzato and Sydney Adamu bring their eclectic, innovative take on American cuisine to Paris during a two-night residency. That's some shitty fact-checking, Sid muttered. But before she could do anything else, she knew she had to respond to the initial text. No, Dad, Carmen and I are not married. The writer is just out here making wild assumptions. Also, how did you read this article 10 minutes after it was published? And why are you awake? Her dad replied, I've had a Google alert for Sydney Adamu for weeks now, and I wake up early to play pickleball. <laughs> pickleball. Sydney replied, well, thanks for the heads up. You should work in PR with your speed. If I was your publicist, I would respond, Sydney Adamu has no plans to get married until her credit score is above 720. <laughs> Text her dad. Roast. <laughs> Sydney replied, way to roast your own daughter at 4 a.m. Have fun at pickleball, jerk. Love you, baby. Miss you. Love you, too. Sydney texts back. Sid nudged a sleeping Carmi. He stirred, but only to pull Sid back under the blanket next to him. Did you teach my dad how to set up a Google alert, she demanded. No, I did it for him. He asked me to, <laughs> Carmi said, his eyes still closed, but his arms wrapped around her until they were spooning. Did you know he has his text size set to 40 point? <laughs> well, thanks to you, he was the first to read this. She thrust the article in front of him as he finally opened his eyes. He scanned the article with a sigh. At least the review is positive. But this hack needs a fact checker. That was clearly fennel in the ragu, not Anise. <laughs> Matt can email them about making a correction, he paused. But I do like that photo. Sid studied it further and conceded. Yeah, it's cute. Looks like a poster for a rom-com about chefs who fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you rang? Wow, Sid. I was thinking more PG-13, said Carmi. Her phone suddenly blew up with a flurry of text notifications. The fucking group chat, they both said in horror. They watched in real time as a screenshot of the photo with the er erroneous caption was shared by Nat and commented on by each member of the original birth of Chicago (laughs) Land group chat, of which I do have that shirt with the typo. I got that for Caleb. I'm such a good gift giver. He just all he has to do is make me a list. All he has to That's do it. is make a uh, an entire anthology of everything he's ever loved about me from the moment he met me. Right. All he has to do is is not be intimidated by writing something for his wife who is a writer. Big whoop. <laughs> Nat's text. Big news from Paris. Now we know why those two have been leaving us unread this whole time. Richie, wishing a lifetime of happiness to Monsieur and Madame Jabroni. You're registered at Gap Kids, I assume. <laughs> Ibra, beautiful picture. Have a blessed day, <laughs> comma, Ibrahim. Is Ibra who I think it is? is? Is he the pastry chef? I thought so. No, 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 no. Oh, I know who Ibra is then. I think he's he's the um, older guy. He's the older gentleman. older gentleman. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he signs his That's text. That's why, yeah. It, didn't, it <laughs> fell off in terms of vibes. Okay. Tina, y'all look cute. What are you two smiling about there? Jeff is funny in France. Richie, it's very likely, T. The French are deeply fucked up. Carmi is probably killing it over there. <sighs> Nat. And Sid, seriously, you're a lifesaver. Thank you for remembering to send the guy in to clean the grease trap. Richie, Carm is a grease trap. <laughs> Fuck. 
In all caps, couple goals. I'm crying. So happy for you. Love wins. <laughs> Marcus, damn, that open kitchen layout is sick. Is that stand mixer a Hobart legacy? Marcus is the pastry chef, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sid threw her phone across the room into a pile of clothes. Want me to get rid of yours too? She asked Carmi. Nah, I needed those assholes months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I love the way um, Nat, she does an abbreviation of seriously, but then does your Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Oh, yeah. She's, you know what? It's up to her how she wants to save (laughs) time. Maybe she also focuses on one thing at a time. (laughs) Hold on. What's that office episode? I don't know. Me save time, use less words. I don't know. Their second Mm. and final evening at Guy's restaurant had the exact same packed house and the exact same menu, but this time Sid felt like the guests were watching her and Carmi with more interest. Maybe she was just being paranoid. It was just one article, she reminded herself, but she could swear she felt more like she was on a stage than she did the night before. Despite this, Sid locked into a rhythm and kept tickets flowing and dishes passing through the expo, one second at a time, one task at a time, over and over and over again. Late into the evening, a server leaned over the expo and said, Chef Sidney... A guest has finished her meal and is asking to speak with you. She's waiting outside. She says she's a friend of your mother. (gasps) That sounds like a spy trap. Chills. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Both Carmi and Sid looked up confused. Oh my gosh. Plot twist. It's her real dad. What if, what (laughs) if like her mom got knocked up in Paris? Okay, this is not what I was going to go. A friend of your mother's. But it could be her. uh, In a wig? (laughs) (laughs) It's me. Your real father, mother. It's me, your father. (laughs) (laughs) La la, I'm your dad. (laughs) Both Carmi and Sid looked up confused. The server gestured to the entrance where through the window they could see a woman standing with her back to them. Go, Sid, Carm said, and below the expo, he took her hand to reassure her. I'll cover you. In kisses. (laughs) Sorry. Sid nodded, squeezing his hand before she stepped out. She adjusted her scarf as she walked. Her breathing turned shaky. Hello, Sid said tentatively once she was outside. The woman turned around. It was Carmen San Diego. I'm just kidding. The woman <laughs> turned around, tall, willowy, gray locks, a slash of red lipstick. Sydney, hello. Wow, your eyes. It's uncanny, really. Sid just nodded. Excuse me, the woman continued. I'm Lorraine. I knew your mother. Professor Lorraine Sydney. Oh, it's who she's named after. Mm, her namesake. Cute. Professor Keisha Lorraine Sidney? <laughs> With the candlestick? <laughs> yes, she gasped. Wait, who gasped? Uh, Keisha Lorraine, Lorraine didn't gasp. <laughs> Professor Keish. You know, I didn't find out about your name until Alma brought you in as a newborn to my office. I burst into tears when she told me. Your mother just laughed, of course. Lorraine took both of Sid's hand in hers. I'm so sorry I didn't keep in touch with Emmanuel. I haven't seen him or you since the funeral, but I lost contact with so many people once I retired and moved here. Sid managed to stammer, you live in Paris? She shook her head. Provence. I run a writer's residency there now in the former home of James Baldwin. Sid couldn't speak, but Lorraine continued. Months ago, I read online that a Michelin-starred restaurant in Paris was hosting a chef named Sidney Adamu. My husband and I made a reservation immediately. My God, you're talented. Everything we ate was beyond words. Thank you, Sid finally said. I can't believe you came here just for me. Of course. Alma was my favorite student and my friend. You know, she once accompanied me on a research trip to Paris. She ended up leaving early, but I remember that trip so vividly because we always had the most fascinating conversations. She was sharp, Lorraine said. Like cheddar. (laughs) More like cheddar than Lindbergh. 
And I remember at the time she had just started grad school. She wanted to do so much to teach, to write, and eventually to have a family. She was so young and had no idea how she was going to do it all. Work-life balance, Sid said lamely. <laughs> Live, laugh, love, Sid replied. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We went back and forth about what her priorities were. She was always debating with herself, constantly questioning and examining everything. Sid nodded. She didn't know what to say. The image of the small stack of letters back in her suitcase reverberating in her mind. A car rounded the corner and Lorraine watched it as it approached. It was black, unmarked. It screeched to it. I just keep wanting to think it was a spy film. Uh, my husband, Lorraine said. Three men jumped out. <laughs> they put a bag over her head. Which one is her real dad? <laughs> Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Sid suddenly felt self-conscious about Lorraine coming all the way to Paris just for a brief conversation on the street. Do you want to stay for more dessert or a drink? Or we can meet for breakfast tomorrow. Lorraine smiled. We're driving back tonight. But like I said, you are goddamn talented. Didn't realize how much I missed Chicago until I had those short ribs. Then come back and visit my restaurant whenever you can, Sid said. Please. Lorraine wrapped her in a warm embrace. I have a son who still lives over there, so we'll make it happen. Thank you for coming, Lorraine. Thank you, Sydney, for the unforgettable meal, and thank your husband. Oh, he's not my, ah, my mistake, she said as she stepped into the waiting car. But you look happy, so happy, and I know that's all that would have mattered to your mother. And actually, you cut me off. He's not my husband, but we do have a lot of sex in the walk-in, so it's very it's serious. It's been about two years, but, oh, wait, okay, bye. So you've tasted my husband before. <laughs> he's great for a dick down, and also he's MVP. Some of the, oh, bye. <laughs> So, so my mama, he, he carried me up the stairs, but see you, au revoir. We actually include a little carmy jizz in the short rib. Uh... Have you tasted the demi-glass? Oh, that was so sweet. That has to be one of the most sentimental things we've ever read. That's beautiful. The. That was about as tender as the short ribs. We normally come for the hard, but we're here for the heart this time. Yeah. Mm. We like it soft, I guess, today. Wow. Yeah. Dear M, Lorraine suggested, crossed out, forced me to take the day off. So finally, I'm a living cliche and writing this as I sit in a cafe. One, there are marionette shows for kids in many of the parks here. I watched one in Montmartre. Montmartre. How do I say it? Montmartre. 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 I just said Montmartre. Montmartre. I watched one in Montmartre. My God, they're violent. Two, I also had a second espresso in an effort to combat my fatigue. Terrible mistake. I'm so jittery I can barely sit still to write this. Have you tried decaf matcha? Allie. Oh, that wasn't, that was before <laughs> that we That wasn't the episode. <laughs> I guess we can just break to give a little PSA to all our caffeine sensitive friends out there. I thought I was having a bout of insomnia. Turns out my matcha was really doing a number on me. Switched to decaf matcha. It's pretty pricey. Worth it. I'm going to give a little plug to do matcha. Do matcha. Do matcha. I don't know how you pronounce it. And been sleeping like a baby. 1030. <laughs> For the last three nights. How is it spelled? D-O matcha. <laughs> would you, would your French teacher say that it's de? De, de or de? De, de matcha. Or de. You keep saying de, it's de. De matcha. Uh, so, yeah. She's a bit matcha, if you will. <laughs> a bit much, a bit matcha, a bit macho. <laughs> I have three calling cards. In this case, you should not be so much matcha. Yes. And that's, you learn and grow. <laughs> Number three, Lorraine agreed to be my thesis advisor. I want to focus on the works of Zora Neale Hurston, someone incredibly prolific and busy in both her writing and personal life. Lorraine says that 
That seems fitting since both Hurston and I are walking contradictions who are always quietly raging. Who quietly raging. That's a fun. That's cute. Apologies for this uneven letter. I'm still discombobulated, but maybe that's just who I am over here. Question mark? Love, Alma. Discombob... Did someone say bobsled? <laughs> Discombobsledulated. <laughs> that, the definition of that is when you're... Thrown off a bobsled. <laughs> yes, thank you. When the bobsled crashes, you're discombobulated. And that's where that comes from. <laughs> that's how you dismount yeah. after a bobsled. So you get, yeah, everybody, everybody ready to discombobulate? Um, doot, doot, doot. That's a kumquat? Nope, that's just cum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cumquatting. I'm cumquatting. <laughs> Sid stopped walking to give Carmi another bite of the galette. Oh, kumquat confit, he corrected, mouth still full. Fucking genius. And what else? He took another bite. Black sesame? Sid nodded. Okay, you're two for two. This next one's going to stump you. If it doesn't, though, said Carmi, if it doesn't, I will allot up to two hours for a nap. I'm holding you to it. For their day off, Sid simply said she wanted to eat. Carmi was more than happy to comply until he realized that that meant she wanted them to wake up at 8 a.m. to hit a hyper-seasonal bakery in the far reaches of the 11th arrondissement. She had promised Carmi that they'd go with the flow today, which for Sid meant she had a hefty list of recommended restaurants pre-downloaded on Google Maps. She didn't expect to hit them all up, but she wanted their wandering to be somewhat purposeful. <laughs> Sounds like how I travel. I was just like, going to say, I want to just go like, with the flow to the exact locations I want to go all like, day long. I'm up for whatever, <laughs> as long as it's exactly this, 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 and this. <laughs> Holy shit, Carmi said, his mouth full with a third and final galette. I know, Sid said. They were making their way slowly to the left bank to eventually have lunch at a Senghalese spot on Sid's list. Carmi took another bite, then rattled off. Almond, thyme, yuzu... Oh, I thought the yuzu would trip you up, said Roller Eyes. Fine, we can take a nap after lunch. The weather had been cloudy and gray their whole time in Paris, but Sid didn't mind. It reminded her of Chicago. Plus, it made it easier to traverse long distances on foot, meandering between different conversation topics while admiring the architecture and walking along the Seine. I still can't believe Lorraine came to Paris just to see me, Sid said, as they made their way through Ile mm, Saint-Louis. Beautiful. I've been thinking about my mom... <laughs> Non-stop during this trip, and then bam, a literal figure from her past suddenly appears. Not to sound at all, you know, woo-woo, Carmen started. You, Sid raised an eyebrow, we all know how much you love your crystals and vision boards. <gasps> Allie, is Carmen your soulmate? <laughs> Carmen continued, but I think that can happen when someone is in your head like that, good or bad. The week Mikey died, I saw one of his old friends from the neighborhood randomly on the train going over the Manhattan Bridge. The next day, Mikey's high school girlfriend ate at my restaurant with a big group of investment bankers. Did you talk to either of them, Sid said? No, I was rattled just by seeing them. Then I got the call about Mikey, and it all made sense. They were haunting me like fucking ghosts. Sid laced her fingers in his, and he stuck both her hands in his jacket pocket as they kept walking the narrow, cobblestone streets. He said, but it sounds like your ghost is the more friendly type. Sid nodded. It's weird. I keep dwelling on the fact that I'm older than my mom was when she died. And imagining this parallel life she'd be living now if she was alive. Yeah, I get that, Carm said. I know you do. Even though it was barely 10 a.m., they stopped for Berthelon salted butter caramel ice cream. Whoa. It was, after all, on Sid's list. Sharing one cone between the two of them, they resumed walking. Ooh, sharing a cone is tough. That's just licks. Like, sharing a cup, you could at least have your own spoon. Sharing a cone is just passing a... Would you guys share a cone with someone? Yeah. Yeah. I would share a cone. One person holds it and then you each take a side. 
And then you meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you lady in the trumpet. Yes. Fine. I'm not sharing a cone. I take the cone and Marco takes the ice cream and then we meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> also, this list, I know we've had a lot of the a lot of list talk here, but uh, Caleb's gonna come to you and he's gonna be like, one, Doritos. Two tacos, <laughs> and you're gonna be like, no, it's what you love about me, not what I love to <laughs> not eat. Not what I love, <laughs> not what I love about me. <laughs> He's just gonna list off what like anyone who's followed me on Instagram could know. He's just like snacks, puffin, handstands, like I'm just crop tops. <laughs> no, that's my social media persona, Caleb. You're married to me. Uh, wow, you guys would just would just lick a cone with someone. Not just someone, but well, I mean, I, there's there are people, not just like a stranger I know, on the but street, like, but yeah. Wouldn't you only then lick a cone with your husband? Is there someone else you'd lick a cone with? Well, I'd probably lick a cone with my mom. It wouldn't phase me. Yeah. I mean, they're huh. they're published as husband and wife. So, I mean, legally, they yeah. are allowed to lick this ice cream cone together in public. Legally, they're allowed to lick the same cone. Okay. Yeah, that's when... That's what happens. Yeah. You sign that marriage document. And you're licking cones till the day you die. <laughs> Joint cones today. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to do prenup. What I will not do is share a tootsie pop. You know, like I won't share a sucker. That to oh, me, like a lollipop. Who's gonna get to the center first? Like it's too stressful. And that's why you need a prenup. If it was important to Marco that I did, I would. But he can have a hundred percent of that sucker. But an ice cream cone, there's plenty of it. Yeah. Now I'm going to text Marco to ask you for that. Do not, Lindsay. Do not. I'm going to say, I think you should test the limits of your love. Valentine's Day Massacre 2024. <laughs> I finally recovered from the one mistake I made last year. Do not bring up Suckergate. <laughs> Tootsie pop apocalypse. <laughs> you guys, does that mean that you would, would use your partner's toothbrush if you had to? I have. Feels like, feels like the same. Danny, you have. I know you have. Totally have. <laughs> totally have. The difference yeah. is, like, I'm not rinsing off that Tootsie Pop in between sucking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm mostly tasting just the coating of saliva around the Tootsie Pop until I get to the Tootsie Pop. And for me, that's a no-go. With a toothbrush, mm. you're rinsing it. That's what I feel about ice cream, though, a little bit. But, Yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, it's a big cone. You can find your own space on there. Yeah. That's true. And it's not like you're being like, you're not like licking it like a dog. You're like taking nice sort of bites. We're getting six, seven scoops on this cone. So, you know, you started (laughs) scoop three. I started scoop four. This is a cartoon cone. (laughs) Okay. I mean, what's the difference between that and making out? Not a lot. You're just licking around in someone else's mouth. Yeah. At least you got ice cream in there. You eat a butthole, you eat a, you know, a popsicle. What's the difference? What's the difference? The same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Munch, munch. A bit munch. Here we go again. (laughs) Just got a text from Nat, Carmi said. Nat was usually awake at odd hours with the baby. The article was, oh, the baby's here. The article was finally corrected. They changed it from anise to fennel. And congrats, we're no longer married. Bummer, Sid said, briefly offering Carmi the ice cream cone. But I like to think European Sid and Carm are still hitched. Let's hope... They're better off than the couple who's running, what's that restaurant's fucking name? Horses, Sid said. Terrible name. Um, Okay, owner and executive chef at the fucking bear. Carmi took the ice cream from Sid and polished off nearly half of it in one bite, giving her the stubby remains of the cone. She glared at him, and he gave her a sloppy ice cream stained kiss in return. They continued walking. That reminds me, though, Sid said. I talked to Guy last night. Dot, dot, dot. A clit hanger at the end of the episode. 
The end. Wow. I talked to Guy last night. He wants to be our third. That, we don't know, you guys, what it could, could be anything. We have no idea where the story is going. He wants in on the ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> this is only a two-way cone. I thought we were I thought we were making too big a deal out of the ice cream cone, but seeing how he handed her then the stubby remains of the cone, I'm less concerned about mm-hmm. the germ nature of it and more about the unequal distribution of cone. So Yeah, what it says about mm-hmm. his character. Yeah, totally. Or the drip situation, like who's catching the drip, cone drip. It's funny that our two tongues should meet here. (laughs) Then you have to start to assign roles when you're. (laughs) Then it's a corporation, (laughs) a cone operation, (laughs) a corporation. You have to incorporate it. (laughs) I'm chief lick officer. It's an LL cream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When the episode ends, check your underpants. Is your baguette hard or soft? soft? I also feel like it should be like, is your Lindbergh, is your cheese stinky or sharp? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever is good. I love this. I think they're great. But the only action we got was, a, was sharing a cone, licking a cone. Mm, let's hope it's a metaphor for what's next. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it, though. I love uh, the dialogue. And then hearing from all the friends and the, all the cast in the text thread and the mom friend that shows up. Like, there's, I feel mm. like there's mystery in the air. There's Lindbergh scents and mysteries. What do you guys think? I think I was middle of the road until Professor Keish showed up. And then I was like, <laughs> hey, yo, now we got a party. <laughs> uh, no, it's great. It's funny. It's, I think it's really clever. It's uh, sentimental. It's all the things we promise you from a, an erotic comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it's, go- it's a really well-written story. They're so well-written. Mm-hmm. They feel exactly like the characters on the show. So it's great. Yeah. I love um, just Oyster Knife incredible writing and I love that when you get the dialogue especially like text dialogue which is so specific like everybody's nuance in there so we got to hear from the characters at home like the the fire in the kitchen and like that that energy even just in word I thought was so well done and I love the wedding mistake you know just how that's uh, added some like oh maybe maybe we could see ourselves using fennel you know forever together <laughs> yeah so such a fun episode, and um, I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. I know. Same. It's time for Allie to have a decaf matcha and <laughs> not steak. <laughs> uh, well, tune in next week. Actually, this was our penultimate episode, actually. So we get to find out how the rest of their— Oh, my God. This is, that's, oh, my goodness. Oh, wait. I thought, is this three or four? This is episode three, and next week is episode four. I thought we had five. No. Z- uh, and no, we only have the four. Oh, interessant. So we could split next week's into two short ones, but I do believe this is our penultimate. Second to last course. Yes. Next time's dessert. Mm. The ice cream is just an amuse-bouche. Yes, yes, yes. Although this, it feels like we have double the amount of scrolls left. I wonder if we should hack up this last episode. We'll look. Yeah, we'll look. We'll take that behind the kitchen and you guys stay in the dining room and we'll we'll just let you know. Yeah. Well, stick around. There are more courses to come and um hope everybody has a fabulous Valentine's Galentine's Palentine's day full of love and hopefully you get some hot steamy action even if it's from yourself. Yeah. Especially if it's from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. 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 For an extra dose of bonkers entertainment, join our Patreon where you can access hundreds of hours of unreleased content and bonus episodes featuring your favorite fandoms plus the ones we'd never dare to read on the pod. 
Head to patreon.com forward slash fangasm to get in on the action. For a regular hookup, make sure to subscribe to the show everywhere you listen. And if we've left you satisfied, ew, leave a five-star review or higher. For updates, merch, or to submit a story, visit fangasmpodcast.com. And thanks to thousands of other listeners, the fun never sleeps over on our private Facebook group, The Fanny Pack. Click the link in the show notes to join. Once you're in, (laughs) check out the 20-plus listener-led groups that cover everything from pets to pot to pen pals.